0: 5, 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, 1, 0. All engines running, commit off
1: Hello and welcome to SWAT Radio with Doug McCary of His Light Ministries. So happy you are listening today. I am Taylor Johnson, and if you would like to join our discussion, please call us at 1-844-777-SWAT. That's one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight, or you can email us at taylor at swatradio.com. That's taylor, T-A-Y-L-O-R, at swatradio.com. Well, Doug is not in the studio today. In his chair instead is the great Brad Sykes, so happy to have him back in the studio today. Uh, Brad, how's it been? It's been a, a long time.
2: It's been a minute. Yeah. How you doing? I'm doing well. Thanks for letting me come in. I, actually, I got a text from Doug this morning. You asked me where he is. I had no idea where he is. Uh, you know, sometimes we don't ask those questions, you know. Uh, but uh, yeah, the great, careful, seriously careful. Uh, yeah, anyway, Doug texted me this morning and said, Any chance you'd be available today? I said, uh, So, you know, like you do and like Doug does, I called my wife. Am I available today? She said, Yeah. However, um, I had to apologize as I came into the studio, as I came into the building, and saw Angie and Steve. Steve can't see me from here, but uh, I am covered in dirt.
1: Hey, that's a good that's a good way to be, right?
2: Now our listeners are probably going, "That's weird." You know, it's <laughs> it's a good thing we're about six feet apart because <clears throat> you don't have any boys. But you... I got one coming. Oh, do you really? Yeah. Come on now. Yep, August. Oh, brother, right yeah. here. Come on now. <laughs> Oh, praise God! Yeah. Well, you, you'll learn very quickly. Uh, boys like to go outside and play, <laughs> and I highly encourage that. The downside is, is when they come back inside, they smell like just monsters. <laughs> they smell awful, and I probably smell like that. I had uh, so when Doug texted me, I, I called Vicky. She said, "Yeah, that'd be great," uh, but don't forget you have this project going on. And as I came in here, I was sharing. I've got a. Uh, obviously in the real estate business, uh, 90%, probably 95% of the work we do is sit behind a computer mm-hmm. and you're on the phone, and you're negotiating contracts and you're working through contracts and writing offers, you're, you're doing all this. But from time to time as a real estate guy, I like to invest in real estate and I like to work with others who do that. And so I, we're on a project that uh, interestingly enough is all but a flip. Uh, mm. the person who owns the house moved about a year ago back in fact they moved to Texas, but they lived in this house for about twenty years. It didn't do a whole lot to it. Mm. And so uh when we got invited to come and look at it as an opportunity to, you know, improve it. Um it's one of these days you walk in and go, Yeah, it can be done. <laughs> it's gonna be a big project. Well anyway, we're winding it down and kind of one of the last things that we wanted to do was put some landscaping in, but I couldn't get our landscape guy out there. But we've got an appraisal on the property tomorrow. And so Vicki was like, can can you go just put some plants in? Well, I don't know how well you are at landscaping, or maybe our listeners can give me some advice. In fact, uh, you can give them the number in a minute. But uh, I thought, well, it can't be that difficult. So I go out there. The problem is, is all the landscape that was pulled out, it wasn't really pulled out. It was sawed off. Oh, And Mm -hmm. so as I started digging the beds that we're going to need, I'd already bought the plants and everything, the mulch, everything. So I'm ready to go. And I get out there and start trying to dig into these beds. And it's just 50 years of of roots down Uh in here. And so needless to say, I thought, certainly I'll get to the studio no problem by, you know, 2.30. And, uh, wow, (laughs) I I got in way over my head. I'm sure you've never done that, you know, around your house where you're like, yeah, I can do that project, and
1: then you get in and go,
2: "What in the world am I doing?"
1: Oh, yep. And, you know, in my place, been there for about a year. We had this huge tree that when I bought it, I was not really thinking about it too much, and it was dead. Oh, and so I mean, this was like you know, 60, 70 foot tree, and my wife has a uncle that does specializes in that. And he's like, "Hey man, let's I'll, I'll do that for you for real cheap if you help me." <laughs> I'm like, okay. We had just wood for all over the yard for mm-hmm. i i basically just put on facebook hey free wood come get it it was you know good uh um oak so right you know yeah took a while but eventually people came and got it but uh, yeah if, if they hadn't done that i don't know what i would have done with all that wood because it was w- way too much to burn oh yeah you think
2: about all the projects I, in fact uh, there was a there our floor guy the guy who's redoing the hardwood floors was out of the house today while i was there and he's watching me, you know, swing a pickaxe trying to get this. Fortunately, I had the tools to be able to get it done. But it, <clears throat> it just let me just say this little break for me between three and four is, <laughs> is desperately needed. But anyway, we got to talk, and he's a young guy, fairly newly married. And I said, you know, one thing I've learned in marriage after thirty-six years is I know the things I can do. I know the things I can't do. I know the things I don't want to do, and uh, this is not something I want to do. Now, you know, putting a plant in the ground, perfectly fine. Prepping the ground, whole different deal. Yeah. And as I as I was driving here today, and I was trying to, and I know we're going to kind of get into Acts fourteen, and and let's see, were you guys off last week? Yep. Spring break. Mm-hmm. Okay, so y'all just had some some episodes run. Yeah. The, the best of, I mm-hmm. guess. You know, as I and I wasn't at SWAT the last one before the break but i'm familiar with acts 14 and and you think about the reality of paul and barnabas and they're going out and they're evangelizing and they're making disciples Mm. it's kind of like gardening you know you can go buy some plants with the idea that you're just going to put them in the ground but if you don't prepare the soil for the for that plant yeah that plant's going to be stymied there's gonna be problems with that plant. No no matter what kind of plant you put there, it's gonna it's gonna be handicapped in some way. And I think very much as we even work through this, and I'll be very interested to see how Doug unpacks this, just the importance of not just being the guy who sits behind a mic or stands in a pulpit or meets a guy at Starbucks and evangelizes. If you're gonna evangelize, you better be committed to to preparing the soil of that man's heart, when it comes to discipleship, yeah, and uh, I mean, throughout Acts fourteen, you see Paul and Barnabas. They are bold. They're bold. They're they're doing the work of the ministry, but they're doing it boldly. They're doing it under the power of the Holy Spirit. Uh, they're committed. They are. You know, they are not just devoted. Uh, they're devoted to making disciples, and of course much of what we do at SWAT it's about making disciples it's not just leading people to Christ you know as you and I know you've done this we've talked about this at length that when we go we see people and we engage in the lives of people that God in his sovereign purposes has kind of put us in their life we've got to make a commitment that this isn't just sharing the gospel this is being willing to invest being committed to walk with them through thick and thin, and and and, and to really see the be, be willing to stick it out so that we'll see the fruit of the of our labor. And uh,
1: yeah, I was actually ironically listening to a podcast kind of about that same thing. It was it was about uh, revivalism mm-hmm. and kind of how mm-hmm. you know that mindset of just uh, hey, okay, got them saved, and boom, on to the next right. town or whatever how that's not really biblical and that that's a detriment to uh, the Christian community as a whole. And so uh, just that you brought it up, it's like, Oh, I was just listening to a few guys uh, talk about that really today and been thinking about it. And it, 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 that I I feel like the church today has a big, uh, big uh, emphasis on that initial conversion moment and Mm -hmm. cultivating that, but then doesn't look to cultivate the man past that. And if you right. look at the Bible, I mean that's not that's that's not what Jesus was doing for sure, but that's not what, you know, you see Paul do either. Um, you know, he, obviously he was a missionary so he was going around, but he stayed places for a long time and uh had young men come uh and go on mission with him and was cultivating them as well. So I think that's something that because we've uh shied away from that as a church as a whole, I think particularly for the men in the church, they've suffered because of it.
2: Yeah, no doubt, and I—I I know we, you and I, have spoken about this. Doug and I have spoken about. It. Doug speaks about it often. Mm-hmm. Um, the The importance, you know, I think we place, and and this has a lot to do with the society as a whole, culture in general, is very. Um, uh, <laughs> I hate to use the word, but kind of celebrity oriented, yeah. you know, mm-hmm. and this is not to diminish uh, the gifts that certain pastors and preachers have. Uh, we need those. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but it's not just preaching. It's not just teaching. Um, listen, I, I know uh, dozens of phenomenal uh, communicators of the gospel that I would say, hey, go listen to this podcaster." Hey, read this book. I mean, you and I, you and I are both readers. I mean, mm-hmm. go read this book. Ultimately, um, that's that's good. I mean, it's, it's planting the seed, but we've placed so much importance on the communication of the gospel, even more so than the 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 ongoing nurturing and yeah. discipling of men in the Word of God. So it it it's almost like this hey, I've got a friend who doesn't know Christ on my street or at my work. Man, how do I lead him to Christ? Okay, well, just that statement, how do I Mm. lead him to Christ? You know, that's a concept most people aren't willing to take on. Now, they're fine with saying, I'm going to invite this guy to SWAT or I'm going to invite this guy to my church because my pastor is an amazing communicator of the gospel. That, there's nothing wrong with that. But let's be clear, that's not really a biblical concept. The concept is, if you and I have the Spirit of God in us, we have His Word, then we're to be devoted to the Word, and then we're to be devoted to sharing the gospel. We'll pick up on
1: that after the break. But Yeah, so make sure you stick with us, because that's where we're going. You are listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be back with more after the break.
2: parts and truck rental and leasing to the North Florida and South Georgia truck market. More information on Tom Neal Truck Company is located at www.tomneal.com. That's www.tomnehl.com. If you've been walking the same old road for miles and miles, if you've been
1: hearing the same old voice at the same old lights, if you're trying to feel the same old holes inside,
2: there's a better life. There's a better
0: life. If you got pain, he's a pain taker. Feel-
1: That is Zach Williams with Chainbreaker. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. SWAT stands for Spiritual Warriors Advancing Truth. And if you are just joining us, we're talking a little bit about discipleship, but I would be remiss if I did not... Uh, ask you, Brad, um, how your grandson is doing. I know that we uh, mentioned him uh, on the program about a month ago when he was going through his first surgery and prayed for, had had people pray for him um so you know I, I'm sure listeners would love an update and, uh, and want to know how to keep praying.
2: yeah, well, thank you for asking uh, I said when we went on a break we, we just jumped right into it didn't we <laughs> and uh, that's kind of I don't know. I don't know. I, I I kind of work that way. You yeah. know, it's like I'm a squirrel. Hey, look at that. I'll go all, all over the place. Yeah, let me real quick uh, just give our listeners an update. Let me first just say how grateful, and I'll get choked up talking about it, just the incredible um, outreach, um, not just men on SWAT, but from Zambia to Papua New Guinea uh, to India, People, places that I've been or places that Doug has been where the gospel has gone out or people that we've supported, it's amazing. I mean, if there's one thing I'm, I'm truly grateful of, it's the fact that, I mean, I'm, I don't talk a lot about <clears throat> the benefits of technology, the internet, social media, because I'm not a huge fan of it. Obviously, there are some good things, and one of the good things is how quickly the word spreads. Mm. And uh estimated probably a couple hundred thousand people were praying for my grandson, Graham. So Graham was born on the 23rd of of December, 24th. I I should know that right (laughs) off the bat. But six grandsons, uh, I can't put all the dates together. He came home. Everything was good. Delivery went fine. He was about two weeks past his due date. And uh, they brought him home, and uh, probably about a week and a half to two weeks in, his mama, Rachel, is a PA, mm-hmm. and uh, as she was as he was nursing one day, uh, literally two weeks after they'd got him home, she noticed his his lungs, kind of his chest area, was kind of suppressed a little bit as he was nursing, and she said that doesn't look right. Well, she called her her pediatrician. And it was a Saturday morning. Well, most pediatricians aren't working on Mm -hmm. Saturday. What just so happened? She said, you know what? I'm going to be in the office for a couple hours. Why don't you just come on in? Praise God. You know, just to see how God worked. And sometimes we do have to kind of look backwards sometimes Mm -hmm. to do that. And uh, anyway, so they went in on that Saturday. She took one look at him, said, something's not right. I'll call ahead go straight to the ER mm. They went to the ER that began the process of diagnosing what was going on. She at least knew there was something not right with his oxygen levels and things like that. So ultimately, and I, I don't know the exact kind of diagnosis um, I'll share with our listeners. i have to pull it up in my notes because that's how, <laughs> that's how it works. But um, he is to answer your question. Uh, he ended up having open-heart surgery um, within about um, a week and a half to two weeks. Mm. So they spent about a week just kind of figuring out what was going on with him, and then it was determined what he had. Then it was, okay, well, where do we go to get this done? And interestingly enough, there's only about, uh, you know, from what we understood, there's about three doctors that are the most renowned in this particular surgery that he needs so this is what he was so he was diagnosed with multiple rare congenital heart defects the first one really is the transposition of the great arteries with ventric- ventricular inversion epstein anomaly vsd asd and coarctation of the aorta now what's interesting is that uh, from what my son said is that when they finally decided on the doctor that was going to do the surgery, this guy's done thousands of open heart surgeries on mm. infants. Yeah. He said, I, "I feel very confident, you know, that I can do the work, but I've never seen this much on one child. Wow! You see these things, all those things I just mentioned. He's seen all of them. He's done surgical work on all these kind of things, but." Never all those on one Hmm. one heart, you know. And uh, we're like, well, praise God, (laughs) you know. Uh, This guy can do the work. He's uh, his name's uh, Dr. Frazier out of Austin, Dell Austin. And uh, so we began the process. Being from Texas, I had some connections, Hmm. and that's we got connected with this guy. Hmm. That's awesome. And uh, it was it was amazing just how God worked. uh, You know, they had to Dell Children's Hospital flies an airplane out to pick graham up Mm. fly him out well the day they were scheduled to come fly from austin here to pick him up there were storms in jacksonville they couldn't fly in they finally flew in in the middle of the night they got an opening in the storm flew in Mm. landed got graham to the airport took off got him to austin we hit the road to go to texas it's just kind of interesting how it all worked out and uh, the positive is he, uh, he was in Austin for about two days before he had the surgery. We were kind of thinking he would probably be there about a month. And so we were prepared. A good friend of ours who lives in Louisville, Kentucky, mm. reached out and said, Hey, my, uh, <clears throat> my daughter has a boyfriend who lives in Austin who's going to UT Law School. Uh, strong believer. Parents are strong believers. They had bought a house in October for their son as he was going through law school and he was willing to move out oh, wow. and give us the house. Hmm. So we got a three bedroom house, beautiful house, literally a half a mile from the hospital. Oh, wow. I could have walked there. In fact, I did walk there a couple of times. So just the accommodations, how it all worked out. Graham had a surgery on a Wednesday. Um, they were expecting it to be about a six to seven hour procedure between the prep and then the uh you know close them up and uh about an hour and a half into our we were doing a prayer walk around the hospital i said well we'll probably do seven walks around the hospital we made it one time around and got a text from the nurse that said we're done wow and everything looks great Uh and so The first surgery, so the transposition of the great arteries is based in in layman's terms: one artery, the artery that should be pumping blood to the lungs is actually pumping blood to the body; the one that should be pulmonary artery, exactly, and the one that should be pumping blood to the body is pumping blood to the lungs. And that's the aorta, exactly. Your your body needs a lot more blood than your lungs, Mm -hmm. and so in his case, what was happening is too much pressure. On the
1: lungs. Yeah. And, uh, and I, so was it just the size then that was different, right? Because like...
2: I guess so. I don't really know. So the su- first surgery he wanted to do, because what he wants to do, you think about an infant's heart, it's, it's. I mean, his heart was no bigger than a walnut, oh, you know, my. and you think about how yeah. complex, yeah. just first of all, how complex the heart is to begin with, mm-hmm. but then to do the surgical work on something that small. So ideally... He would love to see graham be bigger Mm. you know maybe 12 months 18 months whatever before they do this major surgery so the first surgery was uh, to put a band on his pulmonary or the artery that's going to the the lungs right so basically go in there and and kind of squeeze it a little bit put a band around that artery and just kind of you know tighten it up a little bit so that it reduces the amount of blood going to that
1: yeah so and uh I'm a, you know, I did some EMT training, so this is the only reason I know that. Yeah, Yeah, but uh, the arteries pump blood away from the heart, Mm -hmm. and the pulmonary artery is the only one that pumps deoxygenated blood, so blood that needs to get oxygen oxygen away from the heart into the lungs, and then they get uh, oxygenated in the pulmonary vein, pumps it back to the heart, and then the aorta takes that. Um, oxygenated, oxygenated blood and pumps it out and that's why it's so much bigger gotcha. so if there's an inversion between that like first off he's not getting enough uh, oxygenated blood body. out to the body like it should be right. and then getting too much of that deoxygenated blood into the lungs so yeah that's you pretty You know crazy. more than I do honestly.
2: <laughs> I mean it, it's been a very interesting journey mm, and uh, not the least of which obviously is just God's hand in this and I'm and here, here's the thing that we and I could talk for a long time about just um what God did what he's doing and the reality is we're absolutely praying for complete healing. Mm-hmm. Listen, you and I both believe and probably all our listeners believe God can do God is doing miracles and God could absolutely switch those hearts. I mean, switch those arteries uh, without yeah the, the the use of a surgeon. Now, I believe he can do that. I'm not saying I believe he's gonna do that. I just believe he can do that, and we are absolutely praying for that. However, God has oft, oft also gifted these doctors to do that kind of work. Yeah, and uh, and so incredibly grateful uh, that you know now I think the surgery was about five weeks ago, and uh, he's doing five six weeks ago. Graham's doing great. He's home. He's he's. I mean, we came. He was intubated. Literally 24 hours after the surgery, uh, there's babies still in the hospital that are still intubated intubated, You know, after a surgery like that. 24 hours, he's out. Hmm. He was back at our house in Austin uh, within five days. Now, we hung around another week because the doctor wanted to see him, and I mean, they were like, this is amazing. Hmm. I mean, he's doing amazing. So what we're praying for is that Graham will put on weight, that he will continue to grow, and that they're they're saying anywhere could be the the main surgery that where they'll switch those those valves. So his arteries are switched and his valves are switched. They're backwards. Oh, so, his valves are backwards. Yeah. Oh, so no. that's all these other things yeah. that he's talking about. Uh, hopefully, they can get all that done in in one surgery. But he may need you know worst case scenario he needs a heart transplant. Mm. Worst case scenario is the Lord brings him home. Yeah. You know, and and those are the things that. When you're in those situations in prayer, you have to be able to say, God, not my will, but yours. And so that's a hard thing to do when it comes to our children or grandchildren in this case.
1: Yeah. And yeah. So he best case scenario, one more surgery. And and that's correct. Okay. Correct. Wow. Well, I mean,
2: the doctor feels pretty confident he can, he can do the surgery and they just would like to get him bigger and stronger. Yeah
1: that's awesome and, that's the prayer and you know when things like this come up i don't know about you but for me it makes me think of you know what the the body of christ is supposed to look like in this um uh instance and you know it sounds like some christians stepped up big and uh were able to you know provide your family with some great stuff and god you know put that little time window uh in the in the storm made me think of like some books like this present darkness right exactly. and uh Uh, So that's yeah, that's awesome. When we
2: come back from the break, I want to
1: I want to hit on one thing that happened, and then we'll
2: you know kind of the work, like you said,
1: the body of Christ. Right, awesome. So make sure you stay tuned. We will be back with more after the news. Before we go, I'd like to give a special thanks to our sponsors, Ace Door and Window, as well as a special thanks to our sponsors, Tom Neal Trucking, and a special thanks to our sponsor, Jeff Andrews of Highway to Eternity Ministries. If you would like to sponsor the program, please email us at Doug at SWATradio.com. That's Doug, B-O-U-G, at SWATradio.com. You can also download our SWAT app in the App Store, And you can follow us on Facebook and Twitter at SWAT Radio Talk is the handle that is at SWAT Radio Talk. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. We'll be right back.
0: Sometimes you win some Sometimes you lose some
1: And right now right now I'm losing bad I Stood on this stage night after night Welcome back to SWAT Radio. That was Mercy Me with Even If. If you are just joining us, Brad Sykes is in the studio. Um, We were actually just talking about his grandson and getting an update um, about what's going on with him and with his family. And we were talking just before the break, we are going to talk a little bit about the body of Christ um, as it relates to all this. And, you know, in general, in um, a broader capacity as well. Uh, But before, let everybody know, Doug actually has a stomach flu, so... Uh, make sure you are praying for him because uh, he's not feeling well. So we well, didn't know exactly why he was out, and then I actually checked my email, so uh, <laughs> I figured it out. <laughs> hey, Doug, if you're listening,
2: I haven't checked my email yet today. Um, well, first of all, thank you, uh, Taylor and Steve, for asking about Graham. It, it's it been, as I said, five or six weeks. Isn't it interesting that, you know, you just kind of keep moving on yeah. and, you you know, i haven't forgotten about it we saw him last night actually and he looks great and uh but what was interesting is on our way back to uh to Jacksonville from austin after the surgery i had a phone call on my way back uh somebody who asked if i would come speak at their their group and uh i gotta say initially i was like i'm overwhelmed Mm. i mean and I said, "What? What do you want? Is there something you want me to teach?" And they go, "Actually, no. You know, we would love for you to just come and share, kind of what's going on and what God is up to mm. in the you know over the last three to four weeks." Well, just just so happened Vicky was in the car with me, and she's kind of whispering to me, "Do it, mm. do it." Well, y- you've known me for a while. Doug knows me. I. I like time to prepare. I I don't like to wing it. Yeah, it's not even though half of what we do on the radio is, is somewhat winging it in the sense that it's not written down. Right. I mean, we've got God's Word open, and so I don't know if it was. I can't remember where we were. If we were in Biloxi, Mississippi, or somewhere around there, when I got that call, and and then she was like, "What do you want to talk?" And it was great because really, for the rest of the the trip home, I began. We began to talk about mm. what what God had done and. As I'm driving and Vicky's taking notes, and I've got—I I literally just so happened—I had the notes right with me. I uh, wasn't prepared to, to talk about it, but I'm glad you brought it up because I think it is an opportunity to give a testimony—not what we what we've done, but what God's done. Yeah. And uh, and the, the there were three things that I came away from that I wanted to share with this group uh, on this particular day after this, you know journey that god has taken us on obviously continue to pray for graham complete healing is what we're praying for but continued growth of his body his body will actually be what tells us when he's ready to have the surgery but we're still praying for complete healing because we believe god can do that right um also pray for ben and rachel his mom and dad and uh just for their strength that they would be rooted in god's word so here were the thir- is this their, is the first, is their first okay, which wow. is tough yeah. you know. So here here were the three things that I came away from that I would say were the most critical elements to a, to a trial. Of course we know James tells us consider it pure joy when you encounter various trials knowing that those trials have a purpose. Mm. Consider pure joy when you encounter his trust, knowing that the testing of your faith will produce endurance. And let endurance have its perfect result, that you might be complete, lacking in nothing. Now, you and I are not complete. We lack a lot of things. Mm-hmm. But God's going to allow trials into our life to complete us, to transform us. Romans eight twenty eight. We love it because we know God works all things out together for, for those who are called according to what? His purpose. Well, his purpose is that we'd be transformed into the image of a son. That's Romans eight twenty nine, And so the three things that I came away with that I would say, if you're going to go through a trial this year, and listen, if you can hear me right now, you're either coming out of a trial, you're in a trial or you're headed to a trial. It's just a fact because they're inevitable. It's yeah. not if, it's when, James says. And so here, here was what I came away from. As as we find ourselves waking up the first or second week of January with this diagnosis, it was amazing how God's word, his promises from his word were just flowing out of us, mainly in prayer. Well, those wouldn't have been flowing out of us had we not been putting those into us. Yeah. And so the value of knowing God's word, not just what you hear on Sunday from your preacher. Doug talks about it constantly. Be in the word. Not just, not just reading it. Read it. Study it. Meditate on it. Memorize it. It's very, very important because as you find yourself in a trial, the value, the worth of the word is going to be incredibly comforting. That those promises that we find in God's word, not that Graham's going to be healed, just that God's with us. And I could just go through a slew of them that begin to just roll off of my tongue, not because I had the Bible open, but because I had hidden those things in my heart. Yeah. And so if you're listening to me, that's vital that you are in God's Word, and you are studying it, meditating it, teaching it, you know? Mm-hmm. So that's first and foremost, the Word of God. Number two was prayer, the importance of prayer. It seems obvious. Mm-hmm. We find ourselves in situations where we have absolutely no control. <clears throat> what do we do? We pray. Yeah. But it's a it, prayer is a discipline. You know, it's not just when you find yourself in trouble. <clears throat> because the fact of the matter is, God is sovereign. God is on the throne. We may think we have tomorrow. We don't know what tomorrow holds. We do know who holds tomorrow. And so the importance of being in the word and being in prayer were two just incredibly valuable things. Prayer not only of our personal prayer life, but prayers of our friends who Mm -hmm. we knew Mm -hmm. were aware of what was going on and the power of prayer. Listen, I don't believe that my prayers will heal Graham. But I believe my prayers, because I'm commanded to do it, bring my will in line with God's will. And it gives us peace. And isn't it great that even when we don't have the words to pray, Jesus intercedes on our behalf when we don't have the words. That's in the Word of God. And so the value of prayer. And then thirdly, was the value of the church, the value of the church. And I know there may be people listening to us. There are people in SWAT who are not rooted and grounded in a church, in a local body, because you've got to have that. And, you know, interesting, Doug will tell you, SWAT is not a church. Now, SWAT is made up of people who are in the church. Mm -hmm. But the importance of being in a local body of believers, uh, imperfect as it may be, the value of that was unbelievable because of, and again, the, the local church and the church universally. And when I say universally, I'm talking about all over the world. Yeah, The text messages, the messages and cards and letters that we got over the next, you know, and still getting them was unbelievable. Uh, one of the most amazing things, and obviously you think of a medical uh, surgery and Doug's very familiar with this because he had a yeah. child who had a heart transplant. The, the money, the cost of these things is just unbelievable. Your mind can't even grasp yeah. it. So what do you do, you know, in that situation? I mean, even if you've got good insurance, <laughs> your deductibles tremendous. Yeah. Uh, there are things that are you would do anything you could to make sure your children yeah. are are medically healthy. So you do things that may go outside of your Coverage, yeah, and uh, so anyway, a a GoFundMe. While I'm not a big supporter of GoFundMe, I think there were yeah. other
1: options. Well, after uh, what happened recently, I exactly. See why, yeah.
2: However, a GoFundMe got started, and uh, the goal was seventy five thousand dollars. Well, seventy five thousand dollars was reached in the first six days. Oh wow! Now that's not just locally; that's mm-hmm. all over the country and all over the world. Uh, in fact, it ultimately, we took it down because it, it had hit about $125,000 mm. in a period of about two weeks. Praise God. Yeah, It's all God's money anyway. Right. Um, and there will be much more money needed. But, I mean, heck, just a jet to fly a jet from Austin to Jacksonville and Jacksonville back and the pilots and the medical mm-hmm. team, uh, when I saw that invoice,
0: wow. Yeah.
2: <laughs> it's crazy. So thanks for letting me just share about Graham and keep praying for Graham, pray for Ben and Rachel, uh, pray for our
1: family. God is using it. Yeah. God's using it. Yeah. Yeah, You you know, the few things I was thinking about when you were talking, well, the most recent thing you said, it's funny you're talking about, you know, you do anything for your kids. And I mean, like if I would, if, if it was, I was in that situation, it was me who had that heart problem and not my kid. I'm like, well, I'm just going to go ahead and croak, right? (laughs) You know, your kids is like, you know, no expenses paid. Take my heart. Yeah, 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 exactly. And I think that, you know, kind of demonstrates just innately the love that we have. Like that's God's love for us times, you know, infinity, right? Truly, truly. And then, you know, you're talking about uh, hiding the word, and having it hidden in your heart. And that just got me thinking, you know, talking about kids and stuff like that. The importance of, uh, I guess, family worship, some people call it, you know, of really catechizing your kids into uh, you know the scripture and and the ways that they should go and you know the the Bible says that when they grow they they won't depart from it right and there's so many scriptures that like come to my mind out of nowhere really and I'm like man I don't remember memorizing that and Mm -hmm. it was just from constantly being uh, brought up in that you know those scriptures repeated to me growing up and just the importance of that that even if you know, you have somebody, you know, like my brothers, who, you know, they, my parents did the same thing with them, but sometimes they're they're young and so they're mm-hmm. a little out, mm-hmm. whatever. That I know, that the scripture is convicting their heart constantly, even if yeah. they're not studying it every day yeah. like they should be, and so.
2: Well, we know the word. It, it says in scripture that the word will not return void. Mm-hmm. Now think about that. You know, we're going to share some scripture today. I've already shared some. I believe that the word won't return void. Somebody's listening to us who's hearing the word, and that word is
1: going to have fruit attached to it. Yeah, yeah. So when we come back, we're looking at Acts chapter 14, verses 19 through uh, 28 this week, and we'll talk a little
0: bit about that. So stick with us. You're listening to SWAT Radio. Stay tuned. at www.astore.com.
1: Look down from a broken sky. Traced out by the city lights. My world from a
2: mile high. Best seat in the house tonight. Touch down in the cold black top. Hold on for the sudden stop.
1: Shock, confusion, and chaos. That is Give Me Your Eyes by Brandon Heath. Welcome back to SWAT Radio. If you are just joining us, Doug is out with a little bit of a stomach issue. And in his seat today is Brad Sykes. We are going to be looking at Acts. I misspoke uh, before the break not Acts chapter fourteen verses nineteen through twenty eight, but actually Acts chapter fourteen verses twenty one through twenty eight. So, if you would like to join the discussion, have any questions, you can call us at one eight four four triple seven SWAT. That's one eight four four seven 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 nine two eight. Or you can email us at taylor at dot That's taylor t a y l o r at swatradio dot Man, you're good at that. You're really good at that. <laughs> you know that's that's because of Steve. He told me when I first started, hey, write write the stuff down like that. That'll help and Nah, that's what i do i write yeah, it down I, in I, bet, I
2: bet you don't need it written down though oh not anymore yeah, yeah. i could just yeah. well it, by the way thank you uh just in the short time that we've been on the air i've gotten multiple texts from people and uh i just want to say again thank you guys so much um i'm glad that little report kind of helped some people understand yeah. where graham is uh, somebody else text hey what were the three things you said here here they are again uh, the importance as you're heading into a trial, and again, this is this is just my own personal testimony, my own personal experience, and I, I'm pretty certain my wife would probably agree with this. The importance of the Word of God. You and I were just talking on the break. A lot of people over the years have kind of, in a sense, given me a hard time because I talk about the the value of hiding the Word of God in your heart. Psalm one, nineteen, eleven. I have hidden thy word in thy heart, that I might not sin against you, mm-hmm. God. Okay, so the reality is um, we, we are commanded to hide the word in our heart, to memorize it. Uh, not just to memorize it so people are impressed with the fact that you've memorized it. You, you hide it so that you won't sin against God. You know, the, when you're tempted, when Jesus was tempted, what did he do?
1: He, he spoke yeah. the Word
2: of God. And as I said, first and foremost, the importance of knowing the Word of God. I'm not worshiping the Word of God, as I told you on the break, but keep this in mind. The Word became flesh and dwelt among us. In the beginning was the Word, mm-hmm. and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. So in a sense, there is an element of not worshiping the, you know, the, the text itself, but we're worshiping the one who became the, that was the word that became flesh.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And I told you a minute ago, you know, I would have said incredibly value to hide the word, to memorize the word of God. But having gone through a trial like we've gone through over the last, you know, two, two months, wow, so much more value to me to know the word of God. Secondly, the church, uh, excuse me, secondly was prayer, the importance of of being in prayer continuously. We're told, pray constantly. Give thanks always. Rejoice always. Pray constantly. Give thanks in everything for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. How many of us are praying constantly? (laughs) Yeah. Whoa. Okay. (laughs) It's like Vodi used to say, I didn't write the mail, I just deliver it. Okay, so that's the facts. We're told to pray constantly. And so prayer is critical. The third Part was church. Be in a church. If you're at SWAT and that's you consider that your church, shame on you. Get in a church. Now, that's not to say don't come to SWAT because, again, there's an element of discipleship that we see in Paul and Barnabas, even in the text we're looking at today. And so, uh, thank you guys for texting me. Appreciate your ongoing prayers and hope that helps uh, being in the Word, be in prayer, and be in church. So, anyway. Amen. There That's
1: are. good stuff, and you know, I might as well go ahead and read the text for the week since Please. we are only just now getting into it. Doug, you know, don't get too mad at us, you know. We had, <laughs> we're there, we're there. All right, I'm going to go ahead and read though Acts chapter fourteen verses twenty-one through twenty-eight. When they had preached the gospel to that city and had made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and to Iconium and to Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, and saying that through many tribulations. He must enter the kingdom of God, or we, excuse me, must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders from them in every church with prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord in whom they had believed. Then they passed through Pisidia and came to Pamphylia. right? I said that right? Mm -hmm. And when they had spoken the word in Perga, they went down to Italia, and from there they sailed to Antioch where they had been commended to the grace of God for the work they had fulfilled. And when they entered and gathered the church together, they declared all that God had done with them and how he had opened a door of faith to the Gentiles, and they remained no little time with the disciples. Struggled with some of those uh, places, man.
2: Well, there is so much in that text, and I know you and Doug are going to kind of unpack this even further further. And just at you know at, at at a glance, at a very quick <clears throat> glance, you think about what's been going on here, and I think there's there's some things that kind of stand out to me. Um, that <clears throat> and they had it says in verse one, and after they had preached the gospel to that city, and had made many disciples, they returned Lystra and to Iconium, and to Antioch. Now, returned, in other words, kind of go, going back to what you and I were talking about when we first came on the air, the importance of not leading people to Christ mm. and then abandoning them. Yeah, I, I, I'll tell you, <clears throat> so much of that, as I've read through Paul's letters, that's probably the one thing that I see continuously is this, Aspect of follow up. How important is follow up? You know, you you think about school, you know, you can have a teacher who can teach you stuff, but at some point there's a test. You're going to have a test. Why do you have a test? To prove whether or not you know what's being taught. Paul was not just about evangelizing. And again, this is not to discount evangelism. We absolutely should be proclaiming the gospel trusting that it is the lord who's going to convict the heart but paul and barnabas they are speaking boldly the word of god it's having an impact yes <clears throat> they're spending time in these cities because they realize the you, you can you can preach the gospel and then go to the next city you can preach the gospel there, people get saved, you go to the next city. You can preach the gospel there, people get saved, you go to the next city. That's not what's going on here. They're spending time, they're they're camping out, if you will, mm-hmm. and they're making disciples. And it, you know, I, we've talked about it here on the air. Doug talks about it continuously. How many of our how many of us put a high emphasis on leading people to Christ? And yet, we'll, we're more than willing to turn our back and let somebody else make a disciple.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and that, you know, that, that there's a lot in that. You know, first, you know, you talking about they didn't just set up a crusade, right? And then, okay, two nights and we're out of the city. They were there for some time, <clears throat> right? right? Working in the city and, and uh, uh, proclaiming the gospel. And then also, you know, the people who come uh, to the, to the gospel before, you know, early. Um, and they're discipling them, growing them up in the faith. Um, and then on their way back, remember, Paul just got stoned, right? And exactly. now he's going back to the same places that were riled up. At, we saw in the previous chapters were riled up against him, wanting to kill him um, and not being afraid, you know, for his own life. But really, to me, I mean, you can read him in between the lines a little bit, but that's love for the disciples that he's and the people that he's reached in those cities to go back, follow up with them, encourage them. And, you know, it's no wonder that he says that um, tribulations, uh, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God, right? Because he's going through that there um, and doing that for the sake of the gospel and for the sake of those people there who still need encouragement and discipleship.
2: Well, and and I was thinking of Colossians 2.20. I've been crucified Mm. with Christ. It's no longer I who lives. This is Paul speaking, by Mm -hmm. the way. It's no longer I who lives but Christ who lives in me. How many Christians would say that? <clears throat> I've been crucified with Christ. No longer I who lives, but Christ who lives in me. Paul was fine. You know, <clears throat> I'm ready. I'm ready to yeah. give my life. Mm-hmm. I am giving my life. I'm giving my life to make disciples. And you're right. Paul, it says there in 21, after they had preached the gospel to that city, it doesn't say they left. It says, <clears throat> and had made many disciples. They returned. Now, you think it was bad the first time around? Yeah. They returned, as you said, back to Lystra and Iconium and to Antioch. Wow. I mean, that's <clears throat> not only are they bold in preaching the word, they're bold in returning to go build up. Mm-hmm those who had surrendered their life to christ and if there's anything people hear today at least and i'm sure they'll hear it uh, over the next four days is the value of making disciples that we are to evangelize but we are to make disciples in fact that's the commandment that jesus gives us that's the last thing he tells his 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 apostles go therefore and make disciples and uh, he, he doesn't say, hey, go out and evangelize. He, says, he doesn't say, go out and make Christians. He says, go out and make disciples. Now, they were evangelizing, Paul, Barnabas. They're preaching the gospel boldly. And so <clears throat> the importance of, you know, and I mean, even in football terms or sports terms or academic or music or medicine or any any area of life, there's an aspect of knowledge, information, But in a spiritual context and even in a real-world context, information is not going to heal Graham. Mm. Think about it like that. Information is not going to get the Jaguars to the playoffs. Mm. You can teach me a lot of different stuff that I can keep in my head, but ultimately, information has got to lead to transformation. We've got to be able to take the information and now go do it.
1: Yeah. And, and there's the the aspect though of living life together as well. And you know, Paul uh, and Barnabas were not able to, you know, live in all those places. But what did they do? And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, so that's raising up um, a a next generation of leadership, but also to be obviously uh, repeating that cycle. There, there's
2: a huge importance to organization within the church. Doug, sorry we didn't
1: get far enough in this, but this was great for me. Yeah. It was great. Um, Make sure you tune in tomorrow. You've been listening to SWAT Radio. If you missed any of this program or would like to listen to past programs, please visit us at www.swatradio.com. That's www.swatradio.com. And you can also download our SWAT app in the App Store. Join us weekdays at 3 o'clock for more. We will see you then. Thanks for tuning in. Hope you have a great day.